Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Ian McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about our mortgage brokers biased. And this comes from, I was actually just sent a stuff article, or we both were, Andrew, from friend of the show, Tony Mounts, who is a very well-known mortgage broker in the South Island. And the article was titled, Mortgage Brokers and the Hidden Cost of Free Advice. And it made some very interesting claims about mortgage brokers, what their incentives are, and how they're paid. Now, Andrew, take us through what were some of the claims from that article. So claim number one, mortgage brokers increase everyone's interest rate. Now, this this is interesting. So the idea that the fact that mortgage brokers are around increase people's interest rates, how does that work? A really interesting comment. And the, and the, the suggestion was that this is how a mortgage broker works. They get you a loan, the bank pays them a commission. So the person taking out the loan gets charged extra. And the article claimed that everyone, therefore, has to pay that cost because, of course, you know, you have to factor it in somewhere, which is, you know, somewhat true. And this gets passed on in the way of a higher interest rate. So let me understand this. Because the person taking out a loan doesn't pay a fee for the mortgage broker's advice, the article was saying that you take all of the commissions that mortgage brokers are paid around the country, banks have to absorb that cost, but then it gets passed on in the fact that everyone's interest rates are higher. Okay, well, we'll come back to that, see whether that's true. What was the second big claim? Second claim is that mortgage brokers are biased to get you more lending than what you actually need. And this is because a mortgage broker gets paid a percentage of the loan, so they're incentivized to try and get you to borrow more money. Well, one might think that getting more money out of the bank might be a good thing, but we'll come back to that. It was painted as a negative thing in the article. So let's start with what you possibly might not know. How much does a mortgage broker actually earn And would that have a meaningful impact on the interest rate? Now, it's always hard to model out, but here's some numbers. On a 500k loan, what might the commission be for that, Andrew? Mortgage broker writes a 500k loan. A few hundred thousand dollars. A few hundred thousand dollars. A few thousand dollars. (laughs) So it might be about 0.6% of the loan. So a 500k loan might be three grand, call it. And you might think, oh my God. I need to get rid of my mortgage broker because I'm going to get an 0.6% discount on my lending. And an 0.6% discount on your interest rate actually probably would be quite meaningful. But what you've got to remember is a couple of things. First of all, that fee is based on a three-year minimum period. So usually what would happen is broker signs up a loan, and then if you decide to move your loan somewhere else, which is usually say, if you did this within the cashback period, if the bank's giving you an incentive as well, that lasts over three years. So it's really about 0.2% per year. But of course, that's if you're calculating it on if you use a mortgage broker and you're absorbing the cost. Now, we know that less than 50% of people use mortgage brokers across the country. So even if you said half of people use mortgage brokers, then if you say, well, it's 0.2% a year, per person who actually uses a mortgage broker, if only half the country uses mortgage brokers, then we're talking about 0.1% of the loan per year. And so if you bring it back to the claim of the article, which is mortgage brokers push up the interest rates for everybody, we're talking about 0.1 of a percent. Is it really that meaningful? No, not really. So that view of get rid of the mortgage brokers, pay a way lower interest rate, Look, A, I think that's not true, but B, I also think that it's based on a very naive view of how business actually works, because what happens if you get rid of mortgage brokers? 
Well, the banks are going to need to hire more staff. They're going to need more mobile mortgage managers. They're going to need to pay for more cars. They're going to have to pay for more cell phones. They're going to have to pay for more office space, more KiwiSaver, more pens, papers, calculators, everything. And the other part to that is you're actually paying all the time. So you have to pay for your staff regardless of if you're writing a loan. Whereas a broker, the, the model of a broker is you only pay the success fee. If the mortgage doesn't get drawn down, then the bank's not cost anything. So effectively, banks might save on mortgage broker fees, but you've got to pay more in other costs because it always costs money to acquire a customer. And I mean, this is the same as if you said, well, I'm already an ANZ customer, so I should get a discount on my interest rate because I didn't need any of the marketing that you spent millions of dollars on. (laughs) So you should give me a discount because the marketing didn't work on me. I didn't use it. Well, it doesn't matter. It's a cost of doing business. And so my point is, it's a bit like a balloon, Andrew. Okay. Uh, s- I'll go on this ride with you. Well, let's say you've got a you've got a long balloon, because you used to make balloon animals, I didn't, didn't make you? balloon animals. So if you imagine one of those lock sausage balloons, <laughs> yeah. and we squeeze the end that says mortgage brokers on it, because we've got to get rid of the mortgage brokers, the amount of money you're paying mortgage brokers has got to go to the other end, because you've got to spend more on mobile mortgage managers. There's no less air in the balloon, but it's just moved somewhere else. And so my point is, A, do mortgage brokers actually cost that much? Not really, 0.1% ballpark. And then on top of that, are you actually going to save money if we get rid of mortgage brokers? Absolutely not, because we'll just spend more money on anything else. So I think it's based on a very naive view of business. But what about that conflict of interest, Andrew, the second point? Okay, so people who say that mortgage brokers are incentivized to do the wrong thing by the customers, again, have a very naive view of business. So in any business, in any industry, absolutely, there are a few bad eggs. But by the mass majority, you've probably got a bunch of good, honest people, particularly you know, in the financial advisor space, where you like to think so. And you, know, you think, well, what's their financial incentive? Yes, it's to get you the lending. But also, a broker's job is to retain the customer and provide ongoing support, both for you as a borrower, but also on the bank's behalf, you know, doing rate refixes and, and reviews, etc. So it's not about just getting the mortgage, but when I was a broker, I was more interested in, well, what's the next mortgage going to be and the next mortgage? And from a mortgage broker's perspective, the additional commission they get from an extra 20k worth of lending does not incentivize them anything compared to getting you the next property worth 800,000. If they do a poor job and get you more lending than you actually need and you think afterwards, oh, they stitched me up, you're not going to use that broker again. Okay, so you weren't sitting there as a broker thinking, how can I get him to take an extra 10K worth of revolving credit he doesn't need? (laughs) And you are more thinking, hey, I'm going to push this out. I'm going to do a great job for this guy because then he's going to use me next time. And rather than getting, say, an extra 10K worth of lending now, I'm going to get an extra 800K worth of lending when I help him buy an investment property. Exactly. And if you think about property investors, when I use a broker, I want my broker to get paid a commission to get me the lending because, well, firstly, I'm not paying them, but I want them to get as much lending as possible and be there to support me. And right now while we're recording this, This is at a time where 70% of the real estate agents right now are saying the top concern for a buyer is actually being able to get the money. So we want our brokers to get paid. Well, what about this idea that a broker's going to recommend a bank that pays them a higher commission? That came from the article. So what they said is, well, brokers won't find the best bank for the customer. They're just going to choose whichever bank pays the, the highest commission. What do you think about that? Absolute bollocks. I think you asked me this before we were filming. And when I was a broker, I couldn't tell you 
which bank gave me the higher amount of lending because it didn't matter to me. I just wanted to go to the bank that was going to give the best terms and turn a loan around the quickest and get on to the next one. I definitely think the incentives for brokers do not come in the amount of commission per deal, but it's the volume of deals that you do. So I'll tell you a little story. There's a great book called Freakonomics. If you haven't read it, you definitely should. And in that, what the economists would do is they'd look at problems and they'd try and find some data to, to support whatever they were doing. And one of the stories in there was about real estate agents. And they said, do commissions incentivize real estate agents to really get the most premium price possible? And what they found was that if you look at the amount of time that a property spends on the market compared to a property that a real estate agent owns, a real estate agent will keep their house on the market for longer on average, and this was in America, but on average, a real estate agent will have their home on the market for longer to try and get a premium price. And why would they do that? Well, you know, if I'm a real estate agent and I'm selling your house, Andrew, and I get you an extra $10,000 and my commission is 2.5%, well, I got you an extra 10 grand total, but that's only an extra $250 for me. So better to just do as many deals as possible rather than trying to get the most premium price possible for every single deal. I've got to get the volume of deals up. And I think that's the same for mortgage brokers in some ways. And perhaps we should actually come back and tackle that at a different episode as well, talking about real estate agents and commissions. But if we apply that same thinking to mortgage brokers, I don't think there are many out there, at least good ones, who are sitting around trying to figure out who's got the highest level of commission. They're thinking, who is the bank that I can get this lending through? Where am I going to get the money from? Because that's their incentive, to get the money, not to sit around for an extra three hours trying to figure out how to make an extra 0.01 of a percent commission. So I do want to talk about bias though, because it's so interesting to me that we're reading articles about mortgage brokers. Oh, they're incentivized to get you as much lending as possible. or They're incentivized to only seek out the highest commission. Well, what if you go to a bank? What's their incentive? Well, it's not to tell you to go across the road and split bank. It's not to tell you that actually Westpac's got a slightly cheaper interest rate, if that was the case. It's certainly not to say, well, actually, if you go over to BNZ and you're a nurse, they've actually got some pretty good lending criteria that might suit you. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to sell you what they've got. Whereas if you go to a mortgage broker, they might have 20 lenders. Well, what about the mobile mortgage manager that works for a bank? They've got one lender they can work with. Now, I'm not saying that mobile mortgage managers are terrible, but all I'm saying is if you want to talk bias, you've actually got to think about this. Who's going to be less biased? The mortgage broker with 20 different lenders they can recommend to you? Or is it going to be the mobile mortgage manager or the lovely staffer at the bank who's only got one lender that they can recommend to you? I mean, really, I think some of these journalists need their head read. And similarly, what do you think the bank's incentive is? It's to find the lowest risk customer and lend them as much money as possible. And Andrew, in that article, they talked about a different model for how mortgage brokers might get paid. Talk to us about that. Yeah, well, the idea was that they would have customers pay their broker a fee rather than receive a commission from the bank to remove that bias. And the idea of this was that the broker would have to prove their value. Now, again, this is a really naive view of what a mortgage broker actually does and the value that they actually add. Again, it's not about getting the lowest interest rate. That, in my opinion, is just the icing on the cake of what a broker does. It's about setting up the loan correctly, 
It's about getting the lending correctly structured in the first place. It's about setting you up so that you can borrow more money in the future if that's what you want to do. And like you'd said before, no bank is going to come out and say to you, hey, look, you, you're going to pay off your loan faster and pay less interest if you use the mortgage buster strategy. No bank is going to say, how about you split your banking and, and use some lending at Kiwi Bank because that's going to keep you safer if something goes wrong. Banks don't do that. And I think one of the other things to remember is how many people will actually pay for a broker if they had to? Will they just go back to a bank and then maybe end up with worse financial advice? I'll tell you something interesting. I got a message on Instagram the other day from a listener of the show, and they said, Ed, something really interesting happened. Went into a bank, and we're first home buyers. I think this is what it is. I'm, I'm remembering this off the top of my head, but it was something along the lines of, we're first home buyers, and they might have just purchased their first home. We're sitting down there with the bank manager, and we said to them, we want to get into our first investment property. What are the steps we should take in order to be able to do that? And they were met with some blank stares. Didn't have really real advice for them. And look, this is not to hate on the banks, to be clear. But this is just to say there are differences between going through a bank and there are differences through going through a broker. If you want more sophisticated advice about how you use debt rather than just trying to go and get some debt, sign the loan docs and get the money, if you actually want to set it up the right way and use it to build wealth and understand how you pay it off more quickly, that's when you use a mortgage broker. So look, I think the reason we're getting some of these articles at the moment is because interest rates are high and people are hunting around looking for any excuse of who's the villain, who's the bad guy pushing up the interest rates. Oh, it's those mortgage brokers. And you read the article and you think, oh, this logic kind of makes sense. Yeah, maybe people should pay for the advice and maybe we should all take an interest rate cut. That would be nice. But then you kind of run some back-of-the-envelope numbers and you say, well, what's the difference? 0.1 of a percent? No, mate, it's not going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference? Getting inflation under control. As soon as inflation's under control, we're going to start to see interest rates normalise. So you're going to see these kinds of things that sound good right now, we're not going to hear about them in 12 months' time. So hug your mortgage broker team because they're <laughs> probably feeling a bit down after this one. Right, let's wrap it up there, but only if it's consensual. Right, let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Property Academy podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you want to figure out whether you're on track for retirement or what sort of retirement you are on track for, you've got to use our My Wealth Plan software. We just released this actually as part of the launch of our book. Easy way to find this mywealthplan.opaspartners.co.nz. You can use it for free. Listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of using the property market. Until next time, 